0: If you've already eclipsed the let's say twenty-five year repayment threshold, then and you still have federal student loans, then you should be expecting some kind of forgiveness of that remaining balance. And what what's really really cool about what's in this details that is in this announcement is that any payment you've made beyond what that forgiveness time frame would be for you, you'll get a refund of that payment. That's even that's even more encouraging.
1: That is student debt expert and VIN Foundation board member, Dr. Tony Bartels, with Dr. Rebecca Mears. And this is the VIN Foundation's Veterinary Pulse podcast, special student debt series. I'm Jordan Benshia, executive director of the VIN Foundation. Join me as I talk with veterinary colleagues about critical topics and share stories stories that connect us as humans as animals as a veterinary community this podcast is made possible by individuals like you who donate to the VIN foundation thank you please check the episode notes for bios links and information mentioned Welcome back, everyone. We are happy to have you with us again. And we are back for, you guessed it, another round (laughs) of the student debt series with VIN Foundation board member and student debt expert Dr. Tony Bartels. And we're talking about the latest in student loans because, as we know, it's ever-changing. And this time, we also have another new guest with us. We have our new student debt team member, Dr. Rebecca Mears. So welcome, Tony. Welcome, Becca.
2: Yeah
0: thanks, thanks for having me again, Jordan. I think I feel like uh, as soon as we finish one podcast about an <laughs> announcement, another announcement is made and we have to jump on yep. and talk about what the new information means for it.
1: Yeah, it's just nonstop.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Welcome, Becca. We're thrilled to have you here as well. Thank you. Tony, what does retirement look like for you? Because this is never going to stop changing, right?
0: (laughs) Right. Well, as soon as my loans are forgiven, then we'll see what what my retirement (laughs) looks like. But uh, yeah, I'm still quite a few years off from that, even with these these new announcements that were made.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Becca, you're new to the team. Do you want to share any sort of little tidbit of information with our audience about how you came to join the team?
2: Yeah, thanks, Jordan. So I'm Rebecca Mears. I graduated from University of Georgia in 2020 and was working as an equine veterinarian up until I joined the VIN team earlier this year. Uh, And prior to that, I had been working with VIN Foundation through the Rising Leaders Committee. And so I'm really excited to kind of be here today and dive into this topic with you guys. Wonderful.
1: So let's dive right in. And a couple weeks ago, we brought you the news about the student loan repayment pause being extended yet again (laughs) to August 31st. And that was announced, of course, the day that we chose to do a webinar on student loan repayment. Um, And today we are diving into the announcement from the Department of Education that was made on April 19th, 2022, where they announced lots of changes that will increase eligibility for forgiveness through income-driven repayment and pretty much this is any borrower with loans that have accumulated time in repayment of at least 20 or 25 years, that seems confusing already, so we'll dive into that, we will see automatic forgiveness even if you're not currently in an IDR plan. So Tony, we've been hearing whisperings about forgiveness. You know, there's been threats, lots of threats <laughs> of forgiveness. So, is this what people have been threatening about? Is this what we've been hearing about? Or is this something different? Let's let's kind of dissect this for our audience.
0: Yeah, I mean, so yes, yes, and no to all of that. So I think <laughs> that this was probably not how most people were envisioning um, loan forgiveness ha- happening, right? So there had been a, a lot of discussion that the administration might and still could just cancel some amount of everyone's student loan balance or at least uh, federal student loan balance and and they've been reluctant to do that and they still keep telling us that they're reviewing whether or not the executive branch has the authority to do something like that but in the meantime they have come out with these um these new guidelines that uh is apparently in their purview to do and and that is basically counting any amount of time that you've been in repayment on federal student loans towards forgiveness. So um, that is really, that that will result in forgiveness for a lot of borrowers, particularly borrowers who have been in repayment on their student loans for, you know, 17, 18, 20, 25, 30 years, right, and still have a balance remaining. So um, this is really kind of a uh i'm kind of jokingly calling it a time machine for (laughs) student loan forgiveness so i think there was a lot of frustration from past borrowers that hey i missed the boat on a lot of these newer more beneficial plans but yet i've been paying on my student loans forever you know how come i can't get forgiveness and this is your chance at forgiveness so uh the, the the more challenging part is knowing whether or not you have the right loan types and then how much time you've been in repayment that might count towards forgiveness.
1: So what spurred these changes? I mean, I heard rumors that it was an NPR article. I heard, I mean, obviously a ton of political pressure, but what what was it do you think that was really the linchpin in making this happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you read the the actual press release um, from the Department of Education, they make reference to you know having student loans was never meant to be a, a, a life sentence of repayment, and that's that's really what spurred these changes was mm-hmm. that you, you know there's you pay, making payments towards your student loans for decades was never really the was never really the goal right but for a number of reasons you know with the way student loans are structured and the way that higher education costs have increased over the last 20 or 30 years you know greatly exceeding income increases people are in repayment for a long time right mm-hmm. and and you know if you don't do everything exactly correctly then you can be in repayment for an even longer time mm-hmm. so i think really this is meant to go back and correct some of that now there there were some reports about how ineffective the current forgiveness plans the current income driven repayment plans have been and honestly you know just knowing how those work that that was to be expected right so really the only income driven plan that's been around long enough for anyone to receive forgiveness was a plan called income contingent repayment and unfortunately the way that plan was structured the the monthly payment that you would make towards those loans um, how much of your income that payment would be really didn't seem like it was designed to result in student loan forgiveness, which is one of the reasons why we don't see a lot of people or haven't seen a lot of people qualify for forgiveness using that plan yet. They either switched away from that plan because it didn't result in a low enough monthly payment to work with their budget, or if they made payments under that plan for a long enough period of time, they would have probably paid their loans to zero by then. So, um, that was not a very effective forgiveness plan to begin with and some of the newer versions like pay as you earn and income based repayment and revised pay as you earn, haven't been around long enough to actually result in any kind of student loan forgiveness but we will see that happen um in the coming years
1: okay so like i sort of alluded to in the beginning it says this is for borrowers who have been paying for at least 20 or 25 years who qualifies for this forgiveness and how do you begin to determine what that is that seems like a 5 year span and and what is the yeah. definition of those i mean it seems like there's a lot of questions that come out of this
0: yeah my best guess on that because i you know i don't know exactly but my best guess on that is going to be based on whether or not you have loans from Graduate school or undergraduate school only, right? And since you know we're we're predominantly tasked with helping veterinarians, um, my guess is that anybody listening to this is is has graduate school loans. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that you're going to be in that 25 year time frame. Um, but until we see them actually start to implement some of these changes and go back and, and count some of those payments and actually grant forgiveness, um, we may see something different. I'm not sure.
1: And when are these going to start taking effect?
0: yeah soon i you know that i think they're gonna they're gonna a lot a lot of work to do um they they're hoping to start granting forgiveness and doing the retroactive granting of forgiveness counting payments by january of 2023 right so that's where they're they're hoping to have made i guess the first pass or first run through of of this for all the borrowers um by that time frame
1: so that means if I'm a borrower and I've been making payments for 20 to 25 years, I'm thinking 2023 is gonna be a really good year.
0: Potentially, <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe even sooner. Right, hopefully, right. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully even sooner than that. So yeah, I mean, if, if you've already eclipsed the let's say 25 year repayment threshold then, and you still have federal student loans, um, then you should be expecting some kind of forgiveness of that remaining balance. And what, what's really, really cool about what's in this one, of, one of the details that is in this announcement is that any payment you've made beyond what that forgiveness timeframe would be for you, you'll get a refund of that payment. So um, that's even, that's even more encouraging. Although I wouldn't get too terribly excited by that because, you know, federal student loan, the pandemic forbearance has been in place since March of 2020. 20, Mm -hmm. right? So nobody's really had to make a payment since March, 2020. So, um, you know, unless you've made payments for 25 years up to that point, you're probably not going to get much of a refund, but I guess we'll see it depends on the specifics of your loan. So what
1: do colleagues need to do to get this forgiveness? I mean, is this just automatic they've been paying and then suddenly they get a statement that says zero, you're all done. And they're just, okay, cool. Now I've got a lot more cash to work with, or how does that work?
0: yeah in in most cases this is going to be automatic meaning you don't have to do anything however given the time frame that we're talking about going back 20 and 25 years into the past to look at your loan types and repayment plans and history on your student loans we cross over a number of versions of the federal student loan borrowing experiment so Over time, there have been different loan types, and prior to the Direct Loan Program, we had what was called the Federal Family Education Loan Program, or FEL Program. Um, And within that program, you can have both what's called federally held or managed student loans, as well as commercially held or managed student loans. So there was kind of an indication that there was a public-private partnership going on between the Department of Education and private lenders to provide guaranteed student loans. It's kind of a random issue in terms of whether you have the commercially held versions or the federally held versions. Anyone who has the federally held versions doesn't have to do anything under these announcements. Everything is going to be granted automatically based on your loan types and, and repayment history. If you have the commercially held versions, then you do have to consolidate them into a direct consolidation loan before they go through this first pass of adjustments. So you have to do that consolidation before the end of this year if you wanna be considered for these adjustments. And
1: and if somebody's not sure what type of loans they have, I know that we have tools for that, and as always, all these things that we're talking about will be in the episode notes, but will you two sort of walk them through what do they need to do to kind of find out if they're unaware of whether it's commercially or federally held?
0: So I would start with Mm studentaid.gov. So if if you have federal student loans or you ever had federal student loans, you can set up an account or you will already have an account with studentaid.gov. Right. You use your social security number and email address and your phone number to set up that account, and they'll find your federal student loan borrowing history. And then once you're logged in there, you can look for your student aid data file. This is going to be an ugly looking text file that contains the complete history for your federal student loan and borrowing repayment details. Mm-hmm. Um, once you have that file, you can take it over to the VIN foundation student debt center using the my student loans tool we have a tab in there that can help you differentiate between federally held and commercially held filled program loans so that's the easiest way that's what i do when people ask for help in terms of you know how do i know if i'm eligible for these i ask them for their student aid data file i upload it into the my student loans tool on the Vind foundation student debt center and i look at the loan servicer tab right? In the loan servicer tab, if it says Department of Ed before it says your servicer Mm -hmm. name, then you have the federally held version of the FELL program loans. If it doesn't, if Department of Ed is not there and it just lists a loan servicer name like uh, American Education Services or Nelnet or um, Advantage, what used to be navient right if it just says that name and it doesn't say department of med ahead of it then you have the commercially held versions right and that means you are one of the people who have to consolidate in order to receive the benefit of these these uh, most recent announcements
2: and tony my understanding is that the benefit to these commercially held federal loans there is going to be really impactful because those individuals that have had these commercially held Feld loans haven't been able to benefit from some of the pandemic forbearance issues is that correct
0: yeah that was also correct so the pandemic forbearance benefits were only applied to the what was called federally held student loans and that included all the direct loans as well as the federally held Feld program loans but it excluded the commercially held versions right so I mean, you can kind of see a pattern here, right? So that the Department of Education has way more um, latitude to do these sorts of things with the loans that they have direct control over, right? But the ones that are in that commercially held realm, they don't have as much flexibility, which is why they need you to take those loans, put them into a direct loan so then they can apply these changes even retroactively.
1: So we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but. As we've mentioned in the last podcast, we talked about how this student loan pause extension has been extended again to August 31st. So now we have borrowers thinking about this pause extension and then there's this forgiveness. Do those impact each other? How does it affect those who are currently in, which is everybody, in forbearance for the student loan payment pause extension? How does that impact this? I just kind of want to see if there's some way that we can give people some clarity on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, in my opinion, I think that this is probably some pretty good indication that they're likely to once <laughs> again, <that>. of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if
1: you think
0: if you think if you think about it, I mean, they're, they're giving themselves through January 2023 to kind of go through and apply all mm-hmm. these changes, right? And rather than having to issue refunds, at, you know, from September 1st through January first, I mean, they're probably going to extend that through January, just to make sure that they've done their first pass with these expanded uh, changes to forgive as much of the student loans as as they possibly can, which means, you know, not having to worry about restarting repayment for a number of, or thousands of borrowers probably, right? So, it just logistically seems like it's quite likely that that will be extended. Now, I don't get to make that decision, right? I'm just kind of which we're all upset about, tea by the way. Here, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but uh, I, I, if I had to guess, it probably would be ex- extended to match, you know, what this time frame is for them to go through and make these changes. But we'll have to wait mm-hmm. to see on that uh, specifically, right? So we can't really ignore our student loans, right? We have to kind of think about what repayment might look like after August 31st if we are. Um, going to re-enter repayment. But again, just based on kind of how this recent announcement is structured, it, it seems likely that they may extend that again.
2: Tony touched on this earlier as well. You know, they're giving themselves until January of 2023 right now to make these changes. And so it's been made pretty clear through the Department of Education's press releases and things that even though those changes are going to start now, borrowers may not be seeing those changes on their accounts until the end of this year potentially even further is my guess is if, if as the government starts making these changes and they find they need to give themselves some more time past that January 2023 date would you say that's correct
0: yeah absolutely I mean I, this is you know th- this is a heavy lift right?
2: <laughs> well I mean this everything the a, government does is, is a, totally
1: seamlessly so I see no issue
0: <laughs> right yeah exactly I mean but this this is a this is you know kind of the quote you know the <laughs> the current president this is a big effing deal right I mean this the, to go back in time and to count any any amount of time in repayment where your loans were, were theoretically in repayment as potentially forgiveness eligible is, mm-hmm. is huge. So, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to see lots and lots of borrowers who have been in repayment for what seems like forever just mm-hmm. see that go mm-hmm. away right? You're going to see your loan balance forgiven. And thankfully, now we can see some method to the madness here when Congress passed this forgiveness exemption, the tax exemption for loans that are forgiven between 2021 Mm -hmm. and 2025. Now that makes a lot Mm -hmm. more sense, right? Because prior to this announcement, Um, there weren't a lot of people who were probably going to experience student loan forgiveness between 2021 and 2025. And now we're going to see probably tens of thousands of borrowers receive some form of student loan forgiveness between now and, and the end of 2025, and you won't have to pay tax on that, which is another huge benefit, right? So normally, if you have some amount of any kind of debt wiped off your ledger automatically like that. Uh, you would have to pay tax on that amount that's forgiven, right? The, the IRS usually treats canceled debt right. as if it's earned income. So, so this is, um, again, all of the confluence of student loan events that have happened over the last couple of years here are really, um, really seeming to be extremely beneficial And I'm kind of waiting to see some confirmation from from borrowers and particularly veterinarians who have been in repayment for a long time to actually receive that forgiveness. But I'm I'm super excited about uh, what's written in this. In yeah, this well, if any of our
1: listeners are out there and y- you get a statement that says zero, please reach out to us because we definitely want to Want to share your story. I mean, we have had, we've had proof of concept for a couple colleagues who have gotten forgiveness for PSLF and that's really exciting. And we're hoping to do an episode with one of them. Um, but yeah, we always want to hear your stories. So please reach out. So does that so the 20 to 25 year i'm just thinking if i'm somebody out there that's been making if i'm somewhere between the 20 to 25 year and i'm wondering is the 20 year because of this forbearance does the 20 year start like now or is it if i was making for instance if i was like on my 18th year in 2020 and then we went into forbearance and because i haven't had to make payments for the last two years you know let's call it may 2020 and may 2022 and i was in 18 years in may of 2020 and now this may 2022 i'm in 20 years does that mean i qualify
0: theoretically yeah theoretically yes because the, the, the pandemic forbearance benefit um is meant to okay. qualify okay. towards forgiveness right that that's actually mm-hmm. specified in the law mm-hmm. that that created that that um pandemic right. forbearance benefit so Um, And also in this recent announcement, they they talk about prolonged periods of deferment and forbearance also counting towards this special reconsideration Mm -hmm. towards forgiveness. So um, there's a lot of opportunity there for periods of time that otherwise wouldn't have counted towards forgiveness, even under an income driven repayment plan to be considered eligible forgiveness repayment time. Okay. Right. So that's all going to be part of this. Grand accounting exercise where they're going to go back in time and look at all of the uh, quote repayment time that your loans have been in. And if you eclipse the magic 20 or 25 year barrier, depending on, you know, what kind of loans you have, then you will be that step closer to forgiveness or maybe already receive forgiveness
1: okay so one thing I did hear um, on a story was if you were in forbearance at some point though you might not qualify but that's a different forbearance than this student loan pause payment pause extension is that correct
2: it's a loaded question
1: (laughs) well i remember hearing that on a couple different stories that that could be that if they were in forbearance and i think that people might get confused with wait but i'm in forbearance now but that's almost a forced forbearance right by the government which is a pause how does that compare like so we don't want those those borrowers to get concerned that they wouldn't qualify because they're in this you know forbearance now
0: so we so we have to just separate out the current pandemic forbearance right. is a very, very, very special type of forbearance. Right. right. It is not like any of the other types of forbearances that people would use. Mm-hmm. Right. So and this and because it's a very special type of forbearance, it is treated very differently from those previous or other type of forbearance periods. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about the pandemic forbearance period. It is it's extremely beneficial. There's no interest, there's no payments and the time that you're in it will count towards forgiveness. Great. Yeah. Right. Prior periods of forbearance before this announcement were generally not considered to be eligible for forgiveness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? But there is some some special consideration now under this new announcement for prolonged periods of forbearance, right? Okay. So more than 12 months or more, right? So if you had your loans in some in a forbearance period because you know your income was low, or you didn't have any income for a long period of time, they may consider that towards your forgiveness eligibility time as well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So okay. that is a that is a different consideration right. under these particular announcements, yeah. this this expand, expanded announcement.
1: Right, and I just wanted to clarify that for listeners because I think somebody might hear the word forbearance and think, Oh my gosh, wait! But am I for that? Just there's just so much confusion, right? So, okay, so what does this mean for borrowers who, for instance, have been paying for 15 years and are thinking forgiveness seems pretty nice. I'd like to not have that quote unquote tax bomb. I'd like to be able to use that money for other things. Am I gonna get, you know, my loans forgiven as well? What are the chances that this is gonna, you know, stick around?
0: Well, you're gonna have, I mean, for those people, once they receive or can see notification of how much forgiveness qualifying time they have Mm -hmm. um they're gonna have to make that decision Mm -hmm. right so i think that that's another huge part of this announcement right are the uh the the pledge to start counting and make visible the qualifying payments you've made towards forgiveness that's always been kind of one of the big holes that has been still existing in the income-driven repayment Uh, program is that it was very difficult to know exactly how many months of qualifying time you had. Public service loan forgiveness has a way for you to track that, right? So there's actually a field in your student aid data file that after you submit a public service loan forgiveness employment certification form and document that progress, you'll see the months that you've logged towards forgiveness accrue in that file. Now they're talking about applying that same kind of concept to income-driven repayment Mm. plan progress, or under these expanded announcements, any kind of federal student loan repayment time that's eligible towards forgiveness. So hopefully in early 2023, when we download a student aid data file, we're going to see exactly how many months the Department of Education says we have towards forgiveness. And then depending on the plan that we're using or the eligible forgiveness date for us, whether that's 20 or 25 years, we'll have to decide whether or not it makes sense for us to keep working towards forgiveness, or if my income and family circumstances are such that I can pay those loans off before that, maybe that makes more sense. It really depends on, you know, it depends on the specifics of your, of your general circumstances. Mm -hmm. However, I will say if you have more than five years before you would be eligible for forgiveness, well, that's going to be beyond what is currently the tax exempt window. For how student loan forgiveness is treated by the IRS, right? So, unless Congress continues that tax exemption beyond the 2025 tax year, right, we could see a taxable or a tax liability incurred for those folks who receive forgiveness. Beyond 2025. We kind of have to wait and right.
1: see. On that. I mean a lot of this stuff we're gonna to have to wait and see, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. in terms of like the stickiness and what are the chances this is gonna stick around with the political landscape like it is, we just don't know yet, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's good, you know, I, I think it's it's probably most encouraging for those of you that have already experienced 20 or close to 25 years of repayment time on your federal student loans. Um, it's really encouraging for those of you who have those commercially held fell program loans, although you do have to do something before the end of mm-hmm. the year. So I really encourage anyone who uh, has federal student loans to just double check, right? <laughs> See what types you have on whether or not you do have to uh, pursue that consolidation to be considered for these forgiveness um, counting provisions that have just been mm-hmm. announced. Uh, We'll put up some screenshots, too, on the blog page in terms of how you can make sense of of what that, uh, you know, how to discern between a federally held and non-federally held uh, FEL program loan, just to make that a little bit more clear. And some of the questions that have come up recently on the Student Debt Message Board folder regarding the consolidation is, is there any downsides to, you know, I've been in repayment for 20 or 25 years with these FEL program loans, and and in most cases, a lot of those loans have some very low Mm -hmm. interest rates. And and you're still going to keep those low interest rates. The consolidation, the direct consolidation loan, it's a fixed interest rate, right? So whatever your interest rate is on those current loans, it will still remain fixed after that consolidation. It'll just be a direct loan, right? And because you need that direct loan in this case for those commercially held FELL program loans to be considered under this grand accounting towards forgiveness payments, you want to right. do that, right? There is there is no downside to consolidating. And
2: that consolidation mm-hmm. for those federal loans is also completed through studentaid.gov.
0: Correct, yep, that's correct.
1: Okay, so we're doing a,
2: web, a new grad
1: playbook webinar coming up on May 18th, and we do these every year, so this is our annual one, um, to kind of help new veterinary school graduates navigate these student loans but if, there's any, if we have any listeners right now who are about to graduate, any suggestions that you have for them as it relates to this? I mean, obviously this is for way down the line, but they might be thinking, is there anything I should know?
0: Yeah, so attend the <laughs> webinar. <right? You're laughs> so now. let's start, start with attending the 10, webinar. You're <laughs> now, yeah, you know, you're now the third uh, c- cohort of veterinary school graduates to graduate into the pandemic forbearance period. Um, generally speaking, I will see. I, I will say that most of you still are doing nothing with your student loans immediately after graduation, which is not the appropriate step to take, right? So please <laughs> attend the webinar so we can talk about the better steps to take because uh, I really want you to graduate, consolidate your student loans, into a direct consolidation loan, and apply for an income-driven repayment plan. If you haven't filed a tax return, uh for the 2021 year yet do so you still can and you won't there's not any penalties of doing that and you can uh, voluntarily file one even if you didn't have any income but there are steps that you can take to get started in repayment to make sure you're on the right track so you don't have to hope 20 years from now there's going to be another one of these you know grand exemptions or uh, reconsiderations of forgiveness time you can just get started on the right path right out of the gate so there's no question as to whether or not you're earning forgiveness eligible uh, payment time on your student loans. Yep.
1: Okay. All right, so what else do our colleagues need to know about our changes? If, you know, what other information do you think, do either of you think is really pertinent right now?
0: I would say that, you know what, uh, For those of you in repayment already right so not the new graduate class or the student you know the students that are still borrowing um you know really kind of take stock of what you've been doing with your student loans right i see i do still see a lot of people that are making payments during the pandemic forbearance which generally doesn't make a lot of financial (laughs) sense Um, you know use that money and use that cash flow flexibility to shore up other areas of your financial wellness building emergency funds saving for retirement particularly in tax advantage um, long-term savings plans. If you have access to health savings accounts, making sure you're maximizing those contributions. You know, saving for the down payment on a home, or or even a practice, or buying into a practice type of um, opportunity. So there's a lot of places where you can use that cash flow flexibility that we're all experiencing right now through the pandemic forbearance benefits um, to really increase your long-term returns on that on that money. We talk. We do talk a lot about that in the last webinar that we did, uh, pertaining to the um, the extension to the pandemic forbearance benefits. So check that out if you have questions on that. You can request a refund of any payments you've made during the pandemic forbearance period, which is again is another huge benefit um, to go back and, and mm-hmm. almost get a do over if you if you want those payments back. Be really reluctant. I, I do see you know because you know the Fed is raising interest rates and. Um, you know, we're going to see student loan interest rates go up a little bit, uh, not on anybody that's graduated and everything. It's just for those borrowers who haven't received student loans yet. The the loans that they take out in the future are probably going to be at a little higher rate than than what we're being used to the last several years. But for those of you that are in repayment, you know, your interest rates are fixed. Um, and I do see a lot of people kind of maybe rushing to consider a private loan refinance because the interest rates might be going up and they're kind of like, oh, should I do this? Should I pull the trigger? And that is like, that is, you know, that is crack for the private loan refinancers, right? I mean, they they are really praying off of that kind of thing. But, you know, those private loan refinances, unless your debt to income ratio is less than one, and you know, it's going to stay there for the duration of repayment, those are really risky, right? So your federal student loans, as we've seen here, have some really, really, really special benefits that um, you're not going to get in a private loan refinance. So, um you know, I would be really reluctant to take my federal student loans out of that system with all the changes that are going on and all the considerations for forgiveness and all the no interest rate and no payment benefits that we've been re- receiving to then replace it with a loan that has less flexibility and some interest rate that's greater mm-hmm. than zero, right? So I would just kind of pump the brakes on that a little bit until we know exactly when the pandemic forbearance benefits are going to end and until we see some of these recent announcements play out and how much qualifying forgiveness time we actually have towards our student loans. Well,
2: and if a borrower pursues that private refinance, they lose the benefit of any potential future changes to these federal loans as well. Isn't that correct, Tony?
0: That is correct. And that's a great point because you can't go back. Right. That's one of those things that you cannot go back and undo. And there has yet to be an announcement that includes private student loans in any of these special considerations right so um i i just don't and i don't Mm -hmm. anticipate that happening right i mean there's some special tricks that they can do to get these commercially held fells into the federal system so they can treat them under these special rules but i'm not aware of of any proposal or any announcement that would go and, and, and try to apply those same kinds of things to private student loans either so um just be really really careful before you before you pull that and job.
1: also you know as we've said with the student loan pause extension make sure all of your contact information is up to date because if you're going to get a statement that says zero you want to make sure that's going to the right place <laughs>
0: <laughs> <You> know, Absolutely.
1: <laughs> wonderful thank you both um any other last words before we
2: sign off here you know tony I, if i've heard you say it once i've heard you say it a thousand times about the changes the department of education usually gives us with federal student loans generally just makes it a better experience. And I think this recent round of changes here really showed, you know, an effort to try and improve things overall.
0: No doubt. And it is, it is, it is confusing and it's head spinning to stay on top of it uh, for the most part though, you haven't had to do anything, <laughs> just right? Listen. So, you know, a lot of these benefits are just automatically applied. Right. But you do, you still want to right. kind of stay plugged in, right. And know what's going to happen so you can make the best decisions um, going forward. Uh, but yes, I mean, you know, everybody who, who is always worried about, well, what if they just take away all of these benefits or they make forgiveness go away? I mean, the, the momentum has always been to improve rather than make mm-hmm. more punitive. And we continue to see that. So, uh, and there's a lot of this stuff that is enshrined by law too, which is extremely durable, right? So, I mean, forgiveness on its on its own is is provided under the Higher Education Act in the, Act in the income-driven repayment plans and is codified by law, right? So they can't really take that away. Now, some of these things that they're expanding it beyond what the income-driven repayment plans um, intended, yeah, some of that can maybe be taken away, right? But if you already benefit from it, um, mm-hmm. congratulations, mm-hmm. right? It's just a, it's just maybe some of those, those folks that aren't quite to that finish line yet that may have to wait and see exactly um how durable some of these extra provisions are um but for the most part again these your federal student loans continue to get more beneficial rather than less so um you know explore what those benefits are take full advantage of them because you know there's a thousand other better things to do with your money than pay more than you have to towards your student loans
1: thanks listeners for joining in thank you tony thank you becca and we look forward to being here again soon. I'm sure it will not be long before we sign back on with more news.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) But thank you, thank you, Jordan. And uh, you know, if you do need help on any of this stuff or you have any questions, please ask, right? We've got a lot of different avenues for you to ask and we learn a lot from your questions and it makes us look deeper into um, what we're uh, reporting here and, and also helps us to adjust the, the tools that are available on VIN Foundation and the Student Debt Center. So um, use those resources to your advantage and, and ask lots of questions.
1: Thanks you guys. Thanks Jordan. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Veterinary Pulse. Please check the episode notes for additional information referenced in the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow, subscribe, and share review. We welcome feedback and hope you will tune in again. You can find out more about the VIN Foundation through our website, vinfoundation.org, and our social media channels. Thank you for being here. Be well.